loss in the game and a couple of losses on the roster for the foreseeable future. It was certainly not a good weekend for Inter-Miami. Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest edition of Miami Total Football Radio. I am your co-host Franco Panizo and I'm taking over hosting duties from Eric Krakauer whose Ironman run of consecutive appearances on the pod has come to an end. He'll be back next week. But I'm joined by none other than our resident Englishman and fellow Inter-Miami beat writer, Steve Brenner. Steve, how are you doing? I'm good, Franka. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm going to start using mate a lot more now that you're on the show. I hope that's, that's allowed. I hope that's okay. It just, just comes out of me when I, when I start talking to, to people from England a lot more, a lot more often. So hope that's fine. Hope that doesn't rub you the wrong way. No, no problem, amigo. Okay. <laughs> um, well, just we're going to jump into everything that happened. Obviously, this weekend it was an eventful couple of days for Inter Miami. Uh, but just as a reminder to everyone out there, you can follow us on all our social media channels at Miami Total Football on YouTube and Facebook at Miami underscore Total underscore Football on Instagram and at MIA Total Football. On Twitter, every follow that we get helps us to continue to bring you all the Inner Miami content on a regular basis. So please give us a follow on there if you don't already, and leave a review on iTunes if you've not already done so. But enough of that. There's football to talk about, so let's get to it. All right, Steve. So we saw Inter Miami suffer its tenth defeat of the season on Saturday night, losing three to two to New York City FC. We were both in attendance. We both saw the match as it unraveled, especially that eventful first half. We can touch on that in a few minutes. First, let's just talk about the big news that came out of this week, and there were two very big talking points in terms of player personnel. The first one being Rodolfo Pizarro, Diego Alonso confirmed on Saturday night after the game. He's off with the Mexican national team. Pizarro's gone. He's actually already in camp with the Mexican national team. He traveled uh, last night or today, and he's, he's taking part in their, his first training session. He's going to miss a few couple of weeks as he gets ready to take part in those two friendlies but he's going to miss even more than that probably for Inter Miami Diego Alonso said four to five matches because he's subject to quarantine based on MLS rules Steve everyone's asking how do you replace him and how big of a loss is this let's start with that second question how big of a loss is not having the star attacking midfielder on the books in the roster for the next four to five matches for Inter Miami I mean, yeah, of course, you know, it's it's a loss. And I think that's why Diego Alonso is very sort of forthright in his, in his comments to us on, on Thursday, I think, was saying, you know, we're going to fight. We're helping MLS. MLS are going to fight with FIFA. You know, they, they were hoping that just because it was a friendly, rather than, you know, that a World Cup qualifier, there could have been a bit of leniency. But, you know, you've got to also remember that, unfortunately, because of COVID and, and where we are right now, you know, in a normal world, if, that, if that's that's the right phrase, um, you know, he would have played two games and he would have, he, he would have come back and wouldn't have missed the three or four other games because he wouldn't have to be into quarantine. So that that element of it obviously has to be taken into consideration. But yeah, of course, it's, it's a big miss. He, he hasn't been playing well. I know we're going to touch on it later. He didn't really contribute a great deal on uh, Saturday night. But in a squad that's got a dearth of sort of attacking or quality players to lose arguably your most creative player is a huge blow and for it to be so many games is is even worse really so um it's just come at a very 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 bad time and i think that shows you why they were so determined for mls to try and force fifa's hand which unfortunately for for diego alonso and rodolfo pizarro didn't happen yeah and diego alonso said after the match you know i asked him if, about, about the update and diego said alonso says and I didn't ask him, you know, if he was agree- agreed with it or not, but he said just directly on his own, he's like, if you ask me how I feel about it, he said, I'm not in agreement with it. 
you know, that they're in a crucial juncture. Inter Miami is in their season, but you also have to see it from Mexico's standpoint and Mexico's national team standpoint, which, you know, Tata Martino is trying to build a team that is going to start World Cup qualifying next year. So he needs to have some time with the players as well to try to build the squad he wants to build for what's to come for that team. So obviously it's not an ideal situation, but nothing this year has been ideal, especially when it comes to Miami. I think it is a significant loss. Obviously, Pizarro hasn't necessarily been the best player game in and game out for Inter Miami this year, but not having him and not having his quality takes a big piece out of Inter Miami's attacking edge. It'll obviously give a player an opportunity to stand out. Someone will have to fill not necessarily his shoes or his tactical, exact tactical role, but someone's going to have to fill that place in the lineup and help try to give the attack something. So, who, who do you think that'll be? How does Inter Miami go about replacing it? Obviously, Matias Pellegrini did it a couple of weeks ago in that game against the New York Red Bulls, I believe. So is that who you think Diego Alonso ends up going with? Do you think he just does different different formations and different looks depending on who the opponent is? What what do you think he should do? And what, what, would, what would you do if you were Diego Alonso? I don't know. I mean, you know, Pellegrini's sort of come in and, and again, you know, he's like the sort of third DP. I mean, has, has he really shown... He's a young guy, but has he really shown sort of any any potential or, or any sort of quality to think? Yeah, this is a this is a guy that you know deserves to be a, a DP. He's pretty untried. He's you know he's a, he's a fresh player, but now now's the time for him to step up, isn't it? I think um, you know they did look relatively okay with that front three of. Uh, Pizarro, Iguain, and, and Lewis Morgan, you know, um, up top on, on Saturday night. They were both sort of dropping back. I think they'll want Pellegrini uh, to, to work hard and track back, et cetera, et cetera. So that would be the like for like, I guess, unless he's he wants to maybe just to play with with uh, Iguain up top and then just sort of keep flood the midfield and, and, and make sure they don't sort of become more sort of... The, compact and defensive because obviously as we're going to touch on later you know they've been letting in you know quite a few goals recently so maybe it's a time just to maybe to mix it up again and just just try and work with with what they got maybe a bit bit more compact in midfield I think he's going to go with depending on the, the opponent and depending on what he sees in this in this first match on Wednesday on the road against the New York Red Bulls I think that will help determine which way he goes with it or if he continues just to different fine-tune things and different to do different looks for me, I think he's going to go with the same look we just saw on Saturday, the, the 4-3-3. I think you're going to see Breck Shea slot into that left winger spot. I think that I think he'll try that initially. If he goes 4-2-3-1, it'll be Pellegrini like it was against the New York Red Bulls the last time out. Pellegrini, for the, you know, for those that might not remember, got an assist in that game. He played a nice ball over the top that Juan Agadello finished. So that's going to give, I'm sure, Alonso some encouragement. But I think at this point, he trusts Breck Shea a little bit more. I think Breck Shea will get the nod and they'll stick in that 4-3-3 formation with Trap playing as the as the deep-lying midfielder. But again, if they go 4-2-3-1, Pellegrini will be the number the number 10 replacement. You know, they'll fill in centrally. He's essentially the only player that, that can can do that job at this point. You know, they traded Lee Wynn a few weeks ago, so they don't really have a, a, a natural fit there. I guess Jay Chapman could be an option, but... For me, it's going to be Breck Shea because, you know, Steve, you know this. You, you, you've, you've been covering the team all season. Diego Alonso is very big on width and very big on crosses. And if they're going to have someone out there out wide, I think Breck Shea is the guy. Do you, do, you, do you agree with that or do you think, you know, it's going to be Pellegrini's time to, to shine? 
I mean, we, uh, one thing that won't give him encouragement was the 4-1 uh, result against the Red Bulls or two weeks ago. That's, that's one thing. But yeah, no, look, when Brexhay comes on, he, he, he's quite, he's energetic, he's workmanlike, you know, he just gets gets the job done. Um, you know, I, I did think in, in that Red Bulls game, you know, at home, that Ben Mines, who, who scored, I think, the third for Red Bulls, he, he was, he, I thought he was the best player on the park, basically, that, that night. Ran midfield, just dynamic um, player, got up and down a lot, you know, and they, they really really put it to them all all over the pitch uh, did the red bulls and, I, and I, you know I expect probably more more of the same so what does he do does he go light for light does he try and attack them or does he try and be a bit more compact maybe try and try and hit them on the break you know obviously Aguain didn't play that that night but um I, I just think maybe especially away from home I think with Breck Shea's experience I, I tend to lean to maybe put him in, him in and just keep it a bit more solid but you know I'd love I'd love Pellegrini to, to come off and show why you know he was he was made the club's first DP and, and all that promise and you know he's on decent decent money and everything like that but um, you know he, he can't Diego Alonso can't really afford to sort of lose this game so it's got to be a bit of a safety first against an opponent that you know just really, really sort of dealt with into Miami pretty easily the other night uh, Speaking of the opponent it was going to be the return of Luis Robles to Red Bull Arena for the first time since he left the New York Red Bulls to sign with Inter Miami. He had already played them, obviously, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but this would have been his first game back in his former home stadium. However, he is most likely going to be out for the match. He suffered a fracture on his left arm at the in the dying minutes of Saturday night's match. He's If he's out, John McCarthy, you figure, will be the guy that fills in for him. Again, Steve, how big of a loss is losing Luis Robles? I, I mean, a, a big loss. You know, I was actually sat in the stand uh, for a little bit on, on Saturday night. So you could hear, you know, hear, hear all the players. And, you know, Robles very, very vocal, organising the, the back four. We know what a great talker he is with the media, but he was a good communicator w- with the defence. And look, he's just, he's an experienced older head. It was only 36, but experienced older head, been there, done it. You know, his 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 influence in the locker room is huge, and and again, losing someone like that for an extended amount of time is is a, is another bitter blow. Have the keepers has Robles really been at fault all season? No, you know, probably not. And I'm sure McCarthy will come in and and he'll he'll, he'll be fine. It's it's the players in front of him, those those front four, uh, sorry, the back four. Uh, which have, have been the problem. So it, it's it's a blow, but you'd expect you know McCarthy um, to come in and, and he, hopefully he will do okay. So I, I got to see some of McCarthy when he was had his streak of starts at Philadelphia Union, and he's capable of making saves, but he's also capable of making very simple mistakes. So it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, it's, this was this is a few years ago now, so it's going to be interesting to see how he does. This is again an opportunity for a younger player to come in and shine and deliver. And maybe you know he's matured as as he's in his game and as he's developed. So this could be a perfect opportunity for him to showcase that he is a very capable number two, potentially even a, a, a starter in this league, especially with you know the amount of teams that are coming in. And I'm sure there will be expansion teams that are going to enter the league in the next year or two that will. Keep an eye out because you know there's expansion drafts, and you can always pick out a player. You, know, you can't you can't protect everyone when you in in the expansion draft. So number two goalkeepers are always uh, a, a good commodity to look for. So uh, an excellent opportunity for him to step up. I agree with you that that Robles is is a significant loss in terms of his abilities. I don't think he's been at his best over the course of the season. I think he's had a little bit of a a drop off in his level from where he was with the New York Red Bulls over the last few years. It's just 
my personal opinion. I think there's been some goals he he's could he could have saved that he's kind of let in a little bit too easily this year. But he's been good. He he's made he has made great saves. He made two great saves against New York City FC on Saturday night. And like you said, the organization that he brings to that backline, helping to organize that defense, is going to be missed. And that's something I don't I don't think John McCarthy's going to be able to give you. He's just he hasn't gotten to that that point in his career, but or that stage in his career. So Robles is a significant loss. There's no word yet. We haven't heard officially that he's out for Wednesday, nor that he will be out for an extended period of time. But given that he's a goalkeeper and he and he has a fracture in his left arm, it's pretty safe to, to imagine that he won't be playing any time in the short term for Inter-Miami. I, I actually have done, done some talking to, to, to people within, within the team that work for the team and you know, Robles is in a lot of pain. That's 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 what I was told, and I heard he's in a lot of pain. So, does not seem very good or very optimistic for that uh, for a quick return for him. And Steve, before we we, we switch the page uh, and talk and look ahead, look back to the game on Saturday and look ahead to what's to come on Wednesday, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the challenge that led to Robles' injury. Because I, I, I remember our, our, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I remember our discussion um, during the game. And, and you, you know, I think you said you weren't too sure, you know, what, what, what something different Gary mckay Steven could have done on the play. What, what, now you've probably looked at it a few more times or a couple more times. What did you think of the challenge uh, that, that obviously injures Luis Robles? I think my opinion was correct and the same than, than than it is now really I don't think he you know you always get don't you the the, the goalkeeper and the, whenever there's a challenge of the goalkeeper the, the, the stock response is just to have a go at the person that challenges you whether it's throat high or, or it's no problem at all I mean it, it, he he had to go for the ball I don't think there was any sort of anything malicious in it it was just a coming to coming together maybe the, the pitch was a little bit greasy um so I, I don't think it was just one of those it was just one of those things he he, he had to go for the ball it was a 50 50 and Obviously, unfortunately for Lewis, he, he came off he came off the worst. But I think um, you know the the, the McCart- um, he had to he had to go, he had to go for it. There was just there was just nothing else he, he could have done. Unfortunately, you know it's a it's a contact sport. You know you've got to get you're, you've got to get stuck in, and, and and he did. But unfortunately, someone else came off worse. I I agree with you that you know obviously had there was torrential downpour for a few minutes in that in that game towards the end in the latter minutes of that match so the field maybe was a little slippery and that maybe leads to that I can agree with with that point but I, I can't agree I still don't agree that 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 was a good challenge and I don't think that it was malicious I, I agree with you that I don't think Makai Steven went in there with the intent to hurt Luis Robles but on a 50-50 sometimes it's not a 50-50 sometimes it's a 70-30 and you know you're not going to get there and you you got to pull out of the challenge and you like and that's why I think Robles reacts as strongly as he does. And I know you've covered Luis Robles over the years, and I've covered him from the like essentially from the minute he arrived in MLS. I've never seen his him react that way towards an opposing player. I've never seen him so angry. He stood over Gary Mackay Steven and screamed at him like that's not that's not Luis Robles. That's not who you who we've seen Luis Robles be. So I, I, for me, I'm sure Luis Robles felt there was also a bit unnecessary for Gary Mackay Steven to go into that tackle to make that challenge and obviously injure him. And now Luis Robles is out. 
No, yeah. One thing I will say though is it, it did sort of that challenge did actually typify the way that NYCFC you know went about the game. They really got stuck in. The fullbacks were were constantly sniping. It got pretty tetchy towards the end. Could have been a couple of red cards. Iguain was moaning at the referee. They they put it right up into Miami the other night. I was, I was pretty pretty impressed with them. They 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 really put themselves about and uh, really got stuck in. And I, I don't think Miami really sort of coped with that and really gave them anything back at all you know it was uh, it was it was it was interesting and, and you know um, they in the end you know they, they deserve that win yep well, we're talking about the game already so let's take a quick break and then we'll dive all into it to dissect what happened to Inter Miami in that 3-2 defeat All right, Steve, well, as we've said and as we know, Inter-Miami suffered its 10th defeat, a 3-2 loss at home on Saturday night in a chippy affair, as you mentioned. It was an eventful first half. Second half was a little was a little less open, a little less eventful. Plenty of fouls, not a whole lot of chances for, for either side, although there were a couple. Uh, but the action got started early. Alexandro Mitrita scores four minutes in um, before Lewis Morgan starts his Brace and his performance, two goal performance in the 27th minute with a strong finish to the to the left post. The lead didn't last very long. New York City scores again. Antoine Tinnerholm takes advantage of the time and the space he's allowed and picks out the bottom left corner. But Lewis Morgan scores again for Inter Miami. A golazo, a top corner, top shelf finish to the upper 90 on the right side. But yet again, Inter Miami gave up another. Uh, they gave up the, the opportunity to take another lead. Alexander Medita scores on a quick counter after an Inter Miami corner kick in the 43rd minute. That's a mouthful, but it was an eventful first half. What did you make of that opening 45 minutes for Inter Miami? What did they do well, and well, what did they not do so well? Well, I mean, they can, you know, obviously conceded early, which which wasn't which wasn't great. You know, um, Mitrita was 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 brilliant, best player on the on the pitch. Small small little guy, but just pulling the strings. You know, exactly what you would want, you know, Pizarro to do in in, in that role. And he just 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 didn't do it. Went anonymous again. Mitrita was was great, scored one. And like I say, Lewis Morgan equalised, and then you know, then uh, they they let in another goal, Tinnerholm as well, who was who was excellent, who was just getting up and down, really getting in, in people's faces, um, you know, and just when you thought they they'd got back in it, they then conceded again. You know, they can't seem to once they get back into games because they did look like into I mean, did look like scoring. You know, um, Iguain nearly scored. Uh, you know, they were creating sort of good chances, but they were just letting themselves down yet again. You know, off the back of what we saw against the Red Bulls at home. Um, it, was, it was just sort of more of the same, and it was just doubly frustrating. They just couldn't just keep, you know, lock, shut up shop, and even you know go into the half at, at, at two all, having fought back twice. I thought that would have that would have really helped them. And, and you know, second half, unfortunately, you know, City just sort of closed up shop, and the, and Inter were, were unable to to break them down. So you know, I just I think Matrita was was the difference be- between the two sides, and and he put in a kind of performance that. We needed from from Pizarro and, and didn't get it. Like for me, the the defense is a, is is a concern, right? And I know Diego Alonso after the match said he didn't think the defense played poorly, and he chalked up the mistakes to 
just concentration or lack of focus and individual errors. But to me, that's to me that's still part of the art of defending. So I mean, I don't know where you stand, and I want to hear your take in in a, in a second. But on the first goal, you see AJ De La Garza doesn't get back into position after the ball is cleared or as Inter Miami tries to clear the ball, and that leaves that open bit of space for Mitri to, to run into. Victor Ulloa tries to recognize that, he, or he does recognize that, but he can't get over in position in time. Lewis Morgan maybe could have done a little bit better, maybe could have tucked in a little more centrally. I think he even said that after the match to help maybe not allow Mitri to that free run into the box. But... So that, that that's just number one. That's mistake number one. And then on the second goal, just no one stepped up. No one stepped up on Anton Tinnerholm. They just let him carry the ball forward freely. I know the ball was won at midfield, and it was a, a, a hit on the counter, essentially. But someone had to step up there. And, and if you go back and watch the play, Inter-Miami is a team that interchanges positions defensively. There's a lot of cover in terms of if someone has gotten caught out of position you, you know someone fills in for them so on that play will trap goes from being the six in the inverted triangle in the midfield to a center back spot because gonzalez pires had filled in at left back for ben sweat who got caught up far up the field on the play but then nobody stepped up no one will trap didn't step up no one had the alertness or the the reading of the game that hey we have to step up don't let don't let anton Ternal have a essentially a free shot or a free look uh, rather easily from outside the box, which again he did very well with, placed it well. You know, some 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 players might go for power there and, and sky it over the crossbar, but he he went for precision and he picked out the bottom corner perfectly. Nothing Luis Robles could do about that. And then on the third goal, it's very similar. And this this one I put on Diego Alonso as much as any one player because this is a goal that we saw at MLS is back. This is a goal that we saw under Miami give up at MLS is back against the Philadelphia Union in the second match of, of that tournament where Inter-Miami has an attacking set piece and it it quickly comes back the other way and the opposing team scores on it. This time, Alexander Mitrita gets the ball and he races forward. Again, no one steps to press him. AJ De La Garza is trying to chase from behind, never gets there. And Ben Sweat just retreats and retreats and retreats and he never makes a, a, an attempt to try to take the ball from Mitita and he just allows him to penetrate into the, the, the final third. Mitita takes a shot, goes out, gets off a wicked deflection off of Sweat and goes in. So there's there's plenty of blame on that goal from the player perspective but that's also, to me it's also on Diego Alonso. You have to position your team and your, your defensive pieces, whether it's two, three, four, that are not up in the box to, to head the ball or try to win the set piece to be able to put out a fire. And I, I have to, I'm going to emphasize this point. I agree with him that there were individual errors because even AJ De La Garza, he, on that play, he steps forward on the initial ball. When, when New York City FC starts to clear it, he steps forward to try to challenge for the ball and then it's played over his head. But that one step forward that he took is the one step that did not allow him to catch up to Mitrita as he tried to chase him shortly thereafter. So there were individual errors. It's not just on Angel Garza. It's not just on Ben Sweat. It's not just on Diego Alonso. But this is it's frustrating at this point in the season if you're, if you're the team because not only have you seen this goal, but it's late in the year. These type of things should not be happening at this juncture in the season. But again, I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts on 
on Alonso's comments if and if you know you thought the team had a good defensive performance well I think if Roman Torres was playing and none of this would have happened anyway so um you know but... <laughs> I mean hey there's, there's something to be said about that well actually, yeah I mean again I know, I know you say that in jest but... yeah well you know it, it comes back to what we were talking about last week doesn't it about just having having the experience having like a you know an experienced head but but you know Gonzalez Perez you know figure out that they're not they're not novices they're not rookies are they these guys have been around a while will trap has been around um you know it was interesting you know afterwards matweedy said that you know we need to concentrate better and then lewis morgan agreed with that as well as sort of you know picking himself up to say that i didn't track back really but you know i, I guess the whole thing is that you know diego alonso in, in mls you can't just throw millions of, of dollars at something you've got to be able to you've got to deal with what you've got and he's coaching what he has and i, I just Think at the moment defensively, they're just uh, just a little leave a lot of it, lot, lot to be desired. Really, they're just not a cohesive unit. Um, you know, I, and I, I just think it's confidence. I just think maybe the la- lack of confidence, just just to, they don't give themselves enough time just to sort of to be able to to be have parity in the game. They always seem to be sort of chasing it, and then as the game gets stretched, then they, they get torn apart more. So he's he, he's he's has to deal with with what he has, and um, I don't think he has a superstar defender. Uh, certainly not a centre half that that can really help him. So you know, does he does he push trap back or does he get Matuidi maybe to to to, to sort of shield the, the back four a bit more? I don't know. It's difficult. And you know, the Red Bulls having won so so handsomely, you know, the other night, they they they're going to do exactly the same and, and and really go for it and put that that back line under pressure from from the start. So you'd hope that he'd be drilling into them this week. He'd been looking at those goals, as you as you pointed out. Um, you know the way that they sort of let them in, and and the lack of concentration, and not not picking up the marker, and just just slow. They just seemed too slow to respond to things. I think it was the second goal, wasn't it, when he just he just ran through. No one seemed to challenge him. It was like you're in stoppage time, not in in in, in the middle of the first half. So there's there's plenty to work on. It's just, um, it's just this. It was disappointing the other night because we came away after the Red Bulls game thinking they have to improve on this, you know, the, the next game. And we got there and it's like they put even an even worse performance, really, considering everything, you know, um, that, that went on. So disappointing. So, you know, he's going to be I'm sure he would have been work, working very hard this week to try and try and sort it out. But there's, there's no magic wand, is there? You can't just bring in. You know, you can't bring someone in that's going to sort it out straight away. So you agree with with me and disagree with Diego Alonso then that they didn't have a good defensive performance because he said they thought, you know, I think his point was, and everyone sees the game differently, right? Like you necessarily don't don't like a certain player that I like or that Diego Alonso might like. You know, everybody has their different opinions on on, on the beautiful game, which is why it's, it's such a, a, a fascinating sport. So you agree that the, the team did not have a good defensive performance. Is that is that safe to say? Did, did they did not lose three two? Um, uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, having let up a goal in, in right and start, and then also crucially just before half time. No, I don't. No, I, I don't think they did. Okay, fair enough. They didn't let. You know, the second half was nil nil. Okay, great. But, but what about the first forty five when they were all all over the place really? So I would. Um, yeah. Agree to disagree with with Diego on that one. Yeah, and that's you know, and he, I think he he's starting to to differentiate that. He you know he said when when he was responding and talking about how he thought that collectively the team played well defensively. He said he, he interrupted himself and said, "This is just my you know for me, this is just my point of view." So, and I, I get what he's saying to a point that 
you know, these breakdowns come off of individual errors. But again, to me, that's part of defending. That is part of the art of playing defense. You can't have these breakdowns. You can't have these lack or these lapses in concentration. Sure, sure did the team get, you know, broke it, broke in, or, or did the New York City FC break open Inter Miami's defense through intricate passing and, or through balls in behind? No. So I get what he's saying or where he's maybe trying to come from, but I don't agree, again, that, that this was a good defensive performance or that his defense was not to blame because these lapses, that's, you have to take those out of the game in order to be able to try to keep a zero at the back and try to take the three points, which Inter Miami badly needs. They remain in 13th place in the Eastern Conference. They're now six points back of, uh, of the playoff spot instead of four, so still manageable, but some work to be done now we'll switch gears and, and look towards Wednesday's game against the other New York team new the New York Red Bulls like you said they they came into South Florida a few weeks ago and, and beat Miami now four to one now I think that score was a bit misleading and I know you, you you've touched on it a couple times but I think that score was a bit misleading it was two to one up until late and then Inter Miami gives up two goals late in the dying minutes as they're frantically pushing to try to find an equalizer in this match that we'll see on Wednesday. We're not sure yet of the statuses of Juan Aguadelo and Andres Reyes, who both missed this weekend's match because of injuries. Inter Miami has got to hope, hope and pray. And Inter Miami fans need to hope and pray that Andres Reyes is ready and available because this was something that I think was a bit overlooked on Saturday. Leandro Gonzalez Pires is unavailable for Wednesday's match due to yellow card accumulation. He picked up his fifth yellow card of the season against New York City FC. That rules him out against the New York Red Bulls. That's a big loss for them at the back because I think, I, I, I know you said you don't, you don't think they have a, a stout center back. I think he is a stout center back. I think he's been the most consistent and the best player that they've had since the resumption of the MLS season. Uh, he was one of the best center backs in his time in MLS before he left to Mexico when he was with Atlanta United. So he's a massive loss, a massive loss. So without him, yeah, yeah without yeah. without him, what do you do? Without him, if if Andres Reyes is not healthy, what do you what do you do? Like Steve, what do you do if you're Diego Alonso right now? That's got to be a massive headache he has right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I wasn't doubting Perez his qualities as a player. I just think collectively the defense as a whole just don't operate well as a as a unit, you know, you like you say, he's an experienced sort of MLS uh, campaigner, you know, a lot of, a lot of experience. And um, yeah, look, I mean, again, huge blow. Cause as you know, you love Reyes and so does, <laughs> so does he. Um, so so, so they're, they're, they're both out. So, um, you know, it's an yet more, more chopping and changing. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing for him because he, you know, this is, this is a, it's a key game and, and he's, he's really, really struggling, struggling for numbers now. Um, but again, which goes to your point, of, which, go. right? Which goes to your point yeah. about Torres. You know, if if they and and they also, you know, Diego Alonso said that they moved him in part because they were looking out for his best interest and he wanted more time and more minutes. But now they've left themselves thin, and now that's biting them essentially in the rear end. Because look, like if Reyes isn't able to go, you essentially have only Figal as the natural, your only natural center back in this group. Who else do you, who else can play there? Let's say Reyes is out. Let's say he's not able to return from his facial injury, and Gonzalez Pires is out. Who do you play? Do you use Christian McCoon, who's you you just loaned to USL? He has a right to recall. He's dressed a few times, presumably as as the center back option in case of an emergency. This could be an emergency. So is is that who he goes to, or does 
does he go with a different look? Do you put in Ben Sweat centrally and 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 you know go with go with Mikey Ambrose? I, I mean, there's the the options are incredibly vast, or there's so many of them because this is just like he's gonna have to do so much moving to to find a spot if Andres Reyes can't go. Yeah, I mean, Macoon would would be the guy, I guess. You know, uh, when you look. The, you know the sort of kind of fanfare that was brought in, but I mean he's obviously gone to Fort Lauderdale in, in the USL for for a reason. He clearly didn't think he was he was happy. Maybe yeah, Ben Sweat could sort of drop in maybe, but um, yeah, it's 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 going to be difficult because as we've said before, you know you can't replace you know experience. It's 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 tough. It's tough, and I guess he's gonna. I think he may change the shape and and, and try and be more compact with the midfield. I don't think he'll go there and play three three up top like that. I just don't think it'll work. Maybe they'll use Higuain as a sort of figurehead up top and then they'll look to hit on the counter-attack but make sure that, you know, Matuidi and, and, and uh, Will Trap or whatever just try and shield the back four and maybe, you know, two banks of four just to try and keep them out and then um, hopefully if the Higuain can hold it up and then they can they can all push forward and, and try and counter-attack. So you're thinking four-man back line uh, against the New York Rebels? I think a ten-man back line would be, uh, would be definitely handy. <laughs> all of them in goal. Um, yeah, no, I, hanging I, up, I hanging off the goalposts. I'd, I'd be worried about him going with 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 three up top, like like he did um like he did on Saturday night. I think he'll try and be a bit more conservative. He's he's like the arch pragmatist, as, as, as everyone thinks that he is. So um, I think he'll look at it, and also you know he'll know that that they did a number on them the other you know was it ten days ago, mm-hmm. um, and really you know again it was a case of. Them getting back into Miami, getting back into it, then lost a goal just after half time, and then you know towards the end it got a, it got a little bit messy. So um, um, he's got a lot to think about. Yeah. So if you go with the four man back line, this is I guess my last question to you on in terms of the the lineup for Wednesday. Who do you go with at right back? Obviously, Nicolas Figal will not be there. He'll be at centre back given the just the the, the, the problems that Inter, Inter Miami is having right now in terms of avail, availability. Who do you play at right back? Do you go with AJ De La Garza, who just made his debut and started there against NYCFC? Do you go with the rookie Dylan Nealis, who has been hot and cold, and clearly Diego Alonso wanted to see somebody else there over the weekend because he's not been convinced, he has not been sold by the rookie? Or do you go with a different option? Uh, like Alvis Powell, who just, you know, congratulations to the Powell family. They just had a baby uh, over the weekend, so... What do you do in terms of that right back spot if you're Diego Alonso on Wednesday? I think uh, I think Delegaza did okay the other night. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty dynamic, isn't he? Gets up and down, puts puts himself around. He was, you know, he's throwing himself into challenges and stuff like that. Mikey Ambrose is is he around? Is he is he available? He is available. Uh, more of a left back, and you know, if they, if they do end up putting Ben Sweat in the middle of races, unavailable. I would imagine he ends up being a, a prime candidate for the left side, but I guess he could be an outside option for for right back i mean it's, it's yeah this is just this is just a difficult one to predict right yeah absolutely yeah i mean you know mike ambrose has got some good good experience and um you know i just i just think throwing in the throwing in the sort of younger the younger players especially against a team that have been going pretty well recently i just think is a is a is a, is a big is a big call so I'd, I'd like to sort of get as much experience in there as, as possible and um, yeah, maybe just maybe just jig it around. Put maybe push Ben Sweat up a bit, slip Ambrose in somehow, and then um, yeah, and then obviously you know the Perez sort of replacement. I don't know. I don't know. That's why Diego yeah. Alonso gets paid the big bucks, not me. <laughs> You're getting headache already. Just trying to trying to put that jigsaw puzzle together. For me, I think it'll be if and guess if Reyes can't go, I think it'll be 
Delagarza on the right, Figal in the middle. Oof, this is this is a tough spot, man. Ben Sweat uh, next to him. Nope, I take that back. Christian Maku next to him, and Ben Sweat uh, on on the left. That's what I think Andrew Miami will go with, um, with as far as the back line, and obviously John McCarthy most likely in goal in place of Luis Robles. But so my last question, actually, I do have one more question for you. What do you think uh, for a prediction? Do you think Inter Miami can come away with three sorely needed points? From this match at Red Bull Arena, I mean, I'd, I'd love to say yes, um, but considering everything that you know we've we've just talked about, you know, it's pretty much going to be, especially with the goalkeeper as well. You know, it's just a new, it's a new di- dynamic all over the back line. Just when they just need a bit of continuity, so um, I think they they they'd snap your hand off for a, for a draw right now. But I could unfortunately see it, see another defeat I'm, I'd love to be proved wrong absolutely look we all want them to do well it makes our makes our jobs easier when they're doing well rather than, than not not so but it's going to be it's going to be another another tough night on a season of a lot of tough nights a lot of still tough nights to come I think yeah in MLS anything can happen which is you know part of the beauty of, of MLS there's teams that are, have field reserve almost reserve lineups and they can come out with victories sometimes exactly I, yeah I mean yeah but, but I don't see it but I don't see yeah. it. It's it's up to him now, isn't it? This is where he earns his corn. He's got to coach them. You know, he has to coach them and 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 build build that shape. You know, it's like I say, there's no magic wand. He can't just bring in a twenty million dollar thing just like that. Now he has to coach them and get them through this period. That that's that's his job, and it's exacerbated by by all, all these problems. Right. So um, you know, people. So we'll see what see what happens. Well, to, to his credit, this is the last thing I'll, I'll say on it, um, or to you know, to be fair to him as well. There's not how how much coaching can he get done in in this condensed season, right? They they played Saturday night. You, you gotta imagine they did uh, regeneration work on Sunday. So he gets one to two training sessions before the game. It's not like he gets you know a full week's worth of, of practice to really work on these things. He's gotta manage minutes and loads and figure all that out. So it's it's definitely not a regular campaign. But again, this is what he gets paid for. This is why he was hired as the first head coach in Inter Miami history so we'll see what he does we'll see how he manages the situation i imagine we'll get to speak to him probably tomorrow tuesday uh, and we'll be able to ask him some questions to see if he sheds any light with regards to availability or what he's thinking but we'll see what happens uh we'll, we'll take a quick break we have another segment here one of the final segment steve i hope you're you're ready for for this new little segment we're gonna do as a one-off Alright guys, well, in lieu of our regular Q&A that we do to end the show, we're going to do something a little more virtual, I guess, in that sense. I know maybe Steve's not the biggest gamer, but we're going to touch on Inter-Miami's FIFA 21 player ratings. Uh, I was able to, to get my hands on the game that drops this Friday over the weekend. And I was able to see the team and, and, and the ratings that they gave each player. I know that's a big talking point for gamers out there, soccer gamers out there. I'm personally more of a Pro Evolution soccer guy, not not as much of a, of a FIFA guy. But I know FIFA's the hit, the one that more people play. So I think it's something fun to do, something a little bit different, just so people can know what the ratings are and, and you know they can agree or disagree. That's always a, a fun point about the ratings. So I'll, I'll go run, run down right through the whole roster. Gonzalo Higuain has a rating of 82, Juan Agudelo with a 68, Rodolfo Pizarro 74, Luis Morgan 68, Victor Ulloa 69, Blaise Matuidi 83, Nicolas Figal 70, Andres Reyes 61, Leandro González Pires 71, Ben Sweat 62, Luis Robles 70, 
Julian Carranza, 68. Will Trap, 72. Matias Pellegrini, 68. Jay Chapman, 63. Alvis Powell, 67. Breck Shea, 64. John McCarthy, 65. And then you have the end of the roster. Robbie Robinson with a 58. Mikey Ambrose, 64. Dylan Nealis with a 50. David Norman Jr. with a 52. Luis Argudo is still on the squad. He has a 65. AJ De La Garza, a 67. Christian McCoon, 61. Jerome Kiesfetter, 65. And finally, the last three. Denzel uh, Olisi, 58. Drake Callender, 54. And Georgia Costa, 57. Steve, and those were a lot of numbers and a lot of names. Did any one of those pop out at you for good or for worse um, with regards to how they were rated? Well, I guess, you know, Higuain, 82, is defending. He's only 31, but I guess that sort of says everything about, you know, his, <laughs> his sort of game, really. Defensive work rate, medium. Um, so that that was interesting. Your friend Reyes, only 61. Maybe you should send <laughs> a call to the... Uh, Electronic Arts or whoever makes it to, to have a complaint about that. But, um, <laughs> no, I don't think there's not there's not too much to get that excited about, is there? I guess for the, for anyone that wants to sort of take control of Inter Miami, um, unless you can just work them hard on the training ground like Diego Alonso and try and actually improve them. <laughs> I thought you know, I mean, I think Andres Reyes at 61 is is a little harsh, and you know, I'll, I'll put in my calls to to my friends at uh, at EA to to see what's up with that. I mean, to be to be fair, these ratings are. With part of the up, you know that you download the the squads every week on FIFA. There's always updated rosters, and they go off of form based off of recent performances. So this was done prior to the NYCFC game, but after the the Philadelphia Union loss. So that's that that goes into account into the player ratings. But I think Andres Reyes, I think that's a little low for him. 61. Uh, I think Lewis Morgan could have maybe been a, a point or two higher at 68. Uh, you know, I don't I, I don't think that that's where he's probably should really be at. And then I don't know what they did to Dylan Ellis, man. I don't know why why they gave him a 50 overall. Uh, obviously, he's not at the top end of the rating scale, but a 50, that's pretty harsh, man. That's like, he's almost, yeah, in, the, he's almost in the 40s. I don't, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a FIFA player in the 40s. And I, I played FIFA religiously during my college years, so... Um, pretty harsh rating. I don't know if Dylan Nealis has any enemies at EA Sports, but I think that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, that is tough. But he, yeah, he works hard, doesn't he? he puts puts his body on the line. Uh, there's no need for that. I'm definitely going to complain to EA. But yeah, Matuidi 80, 83, I guess that that's is that representative maybe of his of his form or or maybe his legend and what he's done in the past. But um, you know. He, he was okay, wasn't he, the other night? He actually played better the other night, so hopefully now it could be a bit of an upturn, but it's going to be a big game for him on Wednesday, so maybe his ratings will uh, will maybe go up or go down. And, and Ben Sweat, did I say Luis Robles? If I didn't say Luis Robles, Luis Robles is a 70. I might not have said him. I might have passed over him, so I'm going to repeat that anyway. Uh, the only other one that I think is really worth worth noting here is could be you know Ben Sweat. He, I mean, obviously, again, this is taking form into consideration, and he hasn't had the best of weeks, but... He's at a 62. Uh, Breck Shea's rated higher than him at 64. Alvis Powell is rated better than both of them at 67. Um, I don't know how Diego Alonso feels about that because, you know, Alvis Powell has only played in two matches all season, so not, a, not necessarily... I don't, I'm not sure he agrees with that. But And Robbie Robinson, I think that's the, that's the other one that, you, that we could maybe talk about a little in depth. Is he, he got a 58, so FIFA's clearly not high on, on the rookies. 
Well, they, you know, they've got to they've got to be in there and try and impress them. You know, yeah, Rob Robertson has sort of he's had his chances, hasn't he? And in in real world, in the real world, not in your computer game world, <laughs> um, and hasn't really kind of taken them, has he? So you know, a couple of couple of either ways that that didn't he go through against the Red Bulls? I remember, and, and he had that great chance and missed. Yeah. So. You know, when they step up, they've got to they've got to take the chances. And um, although Dylan Ellis hasn't done too bad, I think Rob Robinson, yeah, it's it's been you know it's been it's been tough for him, isn't it? So um, you know, let's 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 get the performances on the pitch so those EA ratings can get higher. <laughs> That's that is the that is the focus of all these players right now. For sure. And if you want a full rundown of of the game and see some of the intro that Inter Miami has in the match and the jerseys, you can officially see them in an, in a FIFA EA Sports game. We have posted them on our YouTube channel at Miami Total Football. Put up some content on, on the game over the past few days. And again, that game drops on Friday. Steve, we've touched on a lot. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this show? It was just me and you this time, huh? No Eric to, to come in with the comedic relief and, and obviously his analysis that we also cherish uh, very well. But we, you know, any, any final thoughts on the team or on just the pod and just us doing it together here for this first time? Just anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Yeah, no, I think Eric was here in spirit. You know, his his sort of power and influence just sort of fell over all of us. But um, you know, I just I, you know, watching the, the basketball certainly on Sunday night. You know, Jim, Jimmy Butler was was immense for for Miami, and and you know he was the star guy. But yeah, he had uh, Hero and he had Duncan Robinson, the two rookies, really sort of backing him up. And it just made me think that you know, it's a team game. It's pretty simple. You just need your. St- our guys to, to perform and then hopefully you get one or two roughs like, like we've seen with the Heat those rookies and when you put it forward to win to Miami you need a guy like Bizarro to start producing or you know show why he's a star player and then he just will drag the other guys with him and some of those rookies will really stand up and be counted so that that's just the issue for me right now with the team is that although he's built like a solid base the star guys just forget Higuain he's not part of this conversation but you know, Matuidi is beginning to become part of it because he's been here for a while. But his one guy, his go-to guy, Bizarre, just hasn't really performed. And that's what you need. You need your star guys to, to lead from the front. And they just haven't had that. And I think that is the reason why they've they've been struggling because they just haven't, you know, unfortunately, Bizarre hasn't been able to produce the kind of form that, you know, he's supposed to produce. I actually spoke to someone in Mexico the other day and they said that he he, he left Mexico under a bit of a cloud. He wasn't really playing that well. I think he was subbed in one of the finals for, for one of the last games he played for Monterey. Monterey went on to win, win the cup and he wasn't, you know, he'd been subbed off at half time. He'd been a bit lackluster and, you know, I don't know, it just hasn't worked out great. So let's hope maybe after this seven week international odyssey that he's on that when eventually when he comes back maybe he'll sort of um, crank into life a bit because that, that's what you need you need those big guys just to perform and then everything else sort of will fall in behind it you know that's that's a long final thought but Inter Miami's going to hope like you said Inter Miami's going to hope that they are in a position to potentially be in the playoff picture at that point again he's going to miss four to five matches of the final eight that Inter Miami has to play so that's Definitely uh, a big blow. Steve, the, the outlook doesn't look too good, doesn't sound too good. Uh, I agree with you. I think this season is, is in jeopardy, and this next week or two will really determine what happens in Miami. The team plays on Wednesday against the New York Red Bulls on the road at Red Bull Arena. We'll see if they can pick themselves up off the mat and get back to winning ways. 
Reminder to everyone, you can follow us on our social media channels as well as leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts as, as it's known now. And that's it for this week. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Have a good one, soccer heads. <laughs>